Yo people, welcome to the Ratsu Podcast where each week we are going to be pulling back the curtain on what it's like to really win the biggest talent show in the world. Plus secure a recording contract, tour Europe with some of the most famous artists in the world and then decide that we need to take back control of our musical journey by doing it our own way. This is a real story behind real music. Yo, people, welcome back to the Rack Suit Podcast, where we are giving you all of the information about how we got from the start to where we are now. And we're also going to give you an insight into where we're going in the future. So for this episode, we have finally in the story got to a point where we've won the X Factor. And from that moment, from that night when we stood on stage and Simon Cowell slapped Jamal's back and I tried to lift up Miles and Mustafa, life immediately changed. So I guess to Jamal... What was the first time or the moment where it really sunk in that life had changed and things weren't going to be the same? Um, there's two very early on. Um, one, one only, sorry. What was, what was the first sorry. time? Uh, I think when we walked into a label. Ooh. Like when it started to have this very shiny thing around it. it was like oh yeah what are you guys doing oh they're gonna send us at Addie Lee get all your addresses and we were actually turning up to work as it were and work didn't feel like uh sit down behind a desk you know flip open your laptop and try and figure out what person you were gonna see this there to do physio it was very much like oh let's go and sit down about how we can really take over the music game um so yeah that was probably one of the first times for me Moss yeah same I think management meetings when we was deciding which management company to go. Yeah. And we have to meet different companies and then choose which one we wanted. That's probably it for me. If anything, I was skeptical. I was, I was like, for me, I, I, yeah, I was a bit skeptical about it. About meeting managers or about life No, changing. like life changing. I knew life was changed during it, so when I said I'm leaving work, I knew life had changed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like a big point where I was just like, okay, cool. It's not actually work. So to say no more was when we sat down and had in the label and meetings with management. So mine's a bit more romantic than yours, like both of yours, because it was, uh, I, you guys have heard me say this so many times, but it was Jingle Bell Ball. Um, this week yeah yeah like just after we won the show and i remember us being backstage and obviously we were thrown on the line up late and we're in that little closet of a room um and oh yeah <laughs> yeah the broom closet yeah yeah we're trying yeah. to get ready and there's no space there whatsoever but i just distinctly remember being um walking around and they're doing an announcement and they're saying all right and tonight on the lineup sam smith ah, jonas blue ah, Leaper. Raksu and I was like oh my word what is going on and then they carry on Anne-Marie Nahoran tomorrow Ed Sheeran and I'm just like I cannot believe within this do you know what I mean like the names that are being called out and we're one of them and not only are we one of them but our cheer is the loudest I'm like what is going on and yeah that was the moment for me where I was like yeah this is this is not normal anymore. Like life has changed. Um, I suppose if that was the first moment 
For you, Jam, what was the best part about life changing and you becoming an artist overnight? The best part was experiencing new things with people who I'd experienced old things with. So, <laughs> so from driving all in your Fiat Punto to go to Westfield, the car of dreams, or spending Shout out to Fiat. <laughs> exactly. Remember <laughs> on the Fiat train a long time before I got there. Um or like going over to Miles' house and then meeting Jarrell and going to play basketball to then waking up and I, I I saw this photo the other day of when we were in LA and we're just all in the house together. We're listening to music. Miles is sunbathing on the top. We've gone upstairs and you've done the video of here's what a wild Miles would look like. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we've just like, we're, we're chilling. And yeah. that for me just felt, it felt really, it felt really good. That was a really nice moment to kind of cap it off. Obviously we didn't, go there for just chilling or anything like that. We went there to work, but that felt really good. It was mm. a real opportunity to be in a different place that we never had imagined that we would, we would be and experience music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freaking strip clubs where you guys left me by myself. Disclaimer, I never went to a strip club just so you guys know. I, I had only been to one in the UK um, all right, international strip club. And yeah, this experience was very different, to be honest. It's your birthday. Bro, a woman called me daddy and I felt so, <laughs> so weird. Daddy? She's like, you like that daddy? I was like, nah, not really, to be honest. <laughs> not really, but I had to affirm it. But that's a story for another time. Um, but yeah, that was a really good moment. I think it was, bro, we were on it felt like we were on tour in another place. Yeah. Just living and doing music. Yeah. So that was a uh, one time for me that I was like, yeah, I know that this could be a forever thing. And we ended up, yeah, because we were in a different place pursuing our dreams. It wasn't about the UK anymore. I feel like that might be a bit of crossover for you, but what was your, what's best? Yeah. Best part about life changing overnight. <laughs> <laughs> There's no crossover. I know exactly what he's gonna say. Just got girls, baby. Kissing sexy girls. I was kissing famous girls. (laughs) Tongue kissing pretty women. (laughs) I was just doing girls. Nah, for me. (laughs) Nah, don't change it, bro. You were just doing girls. Don't change it, G. That was your setup. It is what it is. You were just doing gals. I was just. I was just. Sexing, active, active, <laughs> active. Wherever I went, just sexing. It was, it was, it was, it was easy. <laughs> it was easy. And it was fun. I was in my element. Going to LA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go to Denmark. Yeah, yeah. Go to Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> Go to flipping. Where did we go on the cruise ship? Oh, Malaga. Go to Malaga. Go to Ashley. (laughs) Ashley Ashley was translating for me. That's how active I was. Translating for me. Ashley was there speaking Spanish for me. And I I got with the girl. And I gave you protection. And you gave me protection. I didn't use it, but you gave me protection. (laughs) I messaged him for protection. Put the protection on. I just want to let you know. That in all of your demises, <laughs> it will always be 
where protection was always present <laughs> and you guys would have asked for it to be like protected well, I, I was and then just protection giver out to be honest honestly. yes and then decided not to use it yourself I like gave you. you my last one you did exactly so I appreciate you <laughs> however there's many times where you have deposited these things in different no, 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 no. I'm, I'm good but once a year once a, it, it was once a year max remember I'd, I'd, I'd always come and tell you I was good I was protect right. I watched that JLS advert from way back <laughs> <laughs> who did you wear Ashton or JB <laughs> Marvin that's so outlandish I know I, JLS I love you boys but I never actually used <laughs> one of them it just would have felt I don't know I, yeah it would have been a bit mad I just felt like you was in the room so yeah <laughs> They were on you. Yeah, or, you were, or worse, you were in them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah. Okay, so say what, um, yeah. what was your favorite? <laughs> Wearing Ashton, being inside Ashton. Yeah. Oh, Mars is good looking back there. So for me personally, it was actually, um, I think because of my mum's reaction to it as well. And because growing up, it was something we spent so much time doing was probably Soccer Aid. Because uh, obviously, if you love football and you grow up in this country, obviously you grow up watching Soccer Aid is something you want to do. Um, Soccer Aid? Yeah. Soccer Aid? Yeah. Oh, oh, no. oh, oh my god! We need to write a book called "The Conquest of Mars." Oh, It'll be like Alexander the no. Great's memoirs. But yeah. <laughs> Mars went to Malaga. Mars? Got a gal. Next, gal. Next That's what the name of the book is going to be. It's true. G A L. Um, but yeah, so I feel like doing soccer raid. I'm a Manchester United fan. It was at Old Trafford. I've got Edwin Van der Sar behind me in goal. Yapstam next to me at centre back. One Sebastian Veron in centre midfield. Ugh. Around that, there's also Seydorf. There's also Clivert. There's Robbie Keane, who was still a joke. I'm Yaya playing Torre. against Darren Bent. Yaya Torres in front of me. There's flipping Danny Murphy, Jamie Redknapp. Like it would, it, it was just yeah, like a childhood dream. Yeah, just happening there in action. I know for my mum because she'd always known how big of a part of my life football was I actually think me playing at soccer aid probably meant more to her than me winning the X Factor in all honesty yeah because it was like all of them Sunday mornings all of them trips on a Saturday all of the this the that the other kind of like she could comprehend that easier than the other stuff in comparison yeah I think music was a little bit out of the blue for yeah, her like she yeah. knew I made music but you know it was just that, that's what it was but football was something that like life was kind of built around um and so, yeah, to do that, I think that was super momentous. And obviously to do it with Miles also being on the pitch as well. This is the same person that I've played football with since we were kids, played against him since we were like 11 years old. Mm. We've gone to Dagenham and Redbridge on trial with each other. We've played district together, county together, non-league together. Like that's that whole thing. It's so mad. for that to like culminate in us being on the pitch at Old Trafford was, yeah, it was nuts. And I scored a penalty. Shock. Top bins. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> Actually worried about it. Look at his face after he scored the pen. <laughs> um, okay. And so Jamal, what was um, a negative side then of life changing overnight and becoming a full-time musician within the context of that 2018? Yeah. But the first six months of 2018. Uh, a negative... Uh, was probably for 
contest, by the way, 2018 is the first six months after winning the show is basically what yes. I'm asking. But yeah. So, uh, not, not, uh, understanding people's expectations of what, um, we were supposed to be doing. And I say that to say, obviously you go from doing music in your, in Ashley's house or in freaking Barbican studios or wherever we were doing music at the time to it being a really big thing. You win the show, whatever, whatever. And then you come off and then it's this whole side of things that we don't know, the music business, that whole side of, okay, well, yeah, you need to not put up music at this time. We need to hold fire. We need to like the expectation for you is when you come back off the show is to, you know, hit the ground running in our eyes, but realistically is to wait nine months to then put out a song and hope that it then goes back into the chart. So for me, the negative thing was the music business, the business side of things. I feel like we did it for the love and that bubble in the show was very much, as long as we work hard, as long as we're together, we know that we can get as far as we, we can. And even further than we'd ever imagined, but then you get outside of the music business and you turn up to the label. Yeah, great. But okay. How are we going to do this? What's the next step? Like what is, what, what is that plan? And it was, I didn't, work out the music business and I had known nothing about a music business outside of what you had told me. Cause I didn't know much about music period. And that was a real negative realizing that when you win or when you go into an organization or you go into this machine, it's then involving so many other people. So decisions take longer and that the business side of things was yeah. a real, real negative. I'm sure you guys shared that element of things, but yeah, that was a real negative for me. The business side of things started to make it less fun and more about we Work needed like. to hit, yeah, targets, which is fine if you understand what that's about. But if you don't, sometimes it just gets pushed to the side and it's like, oh yeah, we're in LA and we're doing this. And then mm-hmm. you, six months later, and you're there like, what's going on? Yeah. Mr. Stevenson? I just didn't like people telling us what to do musically. I didn't like it. Hated it. Like, then saying, our oh, song's not quite it, when blatantly it, that song is it. And like then just the stalling of releasing music just pissed me off, man. Yeah, people in labels annoy me. They didn't understand, and it was kind of like, now they're jumping on a bandwagon. Like, we got this far doing our own music, even though people told us not to do our own music, we got this far doing our own music, writing what we wanted to write, saying what we wanted to say on our songs. And now you're telling me what song you think's good. Like you don't, you, the thing is with music, you, nobody knows what's going to work. Yeah. So for them to then say, oh, this, this is, this might not work on it. I'm like. Right. Especially people that aren't qualified. I mean, that, that was always one of my biggest things is that when it comes to, um, working with record labels, especially when there are talent shows anyway, the danger that you get is that at the start of an X Factor series, there's a team of people that work at a record label and that team of people is going to work with the winner. It doesn't matter whether the winner is an Afrobeat group, whether the winner is a ballad singer, whether the winner is a rock group, whether the, ring, whether yeah. the winner is a house artist, whatever, they're going to work yeah. with them. And so... 
I think we were also unfortunate that when we crossed over onto the label, the people that were there got nothing bad to say about them as people, all lovely people. But I don't think growing up, they'd ever listened to more than two vibes cartel songs, which means you're actually not qualified to talk to us about our music. Yeah. It's it's just the the cold hard truth of it. If you you haven't done that and you haven't taken in an Usher album or if you weren't listening to Usher pre-confessions or if you weren't listening to Skepta then you're not actually going to understand where our musical influences have come from and so therefore how can you what sort of impact are you going to have on shaping where we're going forwards Um, and I think that's actually probably what we did have with Eddie and Brahim where even though they were new to us they understood Mm -hmm. the culture they understood what we were trying to do they understood where we were coming from and not just where we were trying to get to, but where we could get to. And when we crossed over to the label, uh, times we were being told things by people that just didn't know, just didn't understand. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, that was frustrating. I think for me, the worst part about it was the self doubt. I think it's probably the, mm, the most I've ever yeah. doubted myself as a, as a human because from young, Miles will obviously tell the story about how he thought I was drunk because I said I thought I could play for Cameroon. And I remember when I left university, I didn't get the job that I got until I think my seventh or eighth interview mm. within like a two week span. Mm. But throughout that period, I didn't ask anybody for any help. I was just like, I know I'm going to do it it's gonna happen like I'm very much like it takes a lot for me to doubt myself and in that six months afterwards after we won the X Factor and suddenly we had label and management I found myself doubting myself and questioning myself at every turn and my instincts and whatever I end up putting to the side so I thought that was really hard to navigate Um, and it and it will be because I think anytime you have what might be perceived to be more experienced people in the mm. room, not necessarily they have the right experience, just, oh, we've got Gavo in the room and he's worked on X and Y. We've got Tyler in the room and so forth. And we've got this person and this person. And it's like, yeah, great. Like I would love some of that greatness as anybody would love to, when you meet people who are more experienced than you to spill over into what you're doing. But the approach and the way that that system is, doesn't allow for a lot of movement because as you said, there's so much crossover between the TV show and the label is in terms of from when you sign the contract and what that looks like. But then when you get to the label, it's very much, okay, cool. You've won the show. Let's see if we can take this from the label, but nobody really there has had any experience from the TV side of things. So everything is written down on paper from a TV and and label perspective where they overlap, but nobody actually sees the human element. You only see that when you I can't lie. I don't understand. I didn't understand a lot of that. So I'm worried that other people won't understand it either. So what I mean is when I say that is that with the TV and the label side of things, we had a lot of overlap when they were talking to us when we we're in the TV show. So they said, okay, well, cool. You need to get management for when you get to the music side of things. As in terms of being on the label, you need to get, um, what's it called? You need to make sure that you sign this contract and all of these things. So it was all on paper, but from the label side, we had two people in the building, maybe three, actually four that really worked outside of the TV show and worked on the label. And the amount of time that we spent with them was very minor. 
we spent with them working in order to make songs on a TV show. Not to say that, that was, those couldn't help within our, in our label success. But then when we got to the label, the amount who, of times that who, we spent time about? working with them, we didn't spend as much time working with them as we would have liked to. So, who, who are you talking about? What do you mean? Who am I talking about? Did we about? work with any of them? Yeah. So Layla was on the label. She was on TV side? No, she was on the label. Remember? She worked in Gavo's team, which, yeah, was, which part was part of the label. Nah, I promise you, it was but part no, of the label. But they worked for the TV no, side. No, I'm saying that they were in the label. So. No, but, but my point is, is that the whole problem was when we moved over to the label, we had a whole new team. So all the people that were involved in us making music when we were on the TV show were no longer involved in us afterwards. So that's, that's what I, I said there at the end, as in terms of when we got to the label, the people that we would have wanted to work with. But that's what I'm saying. I think you said minimal, barely. I'm saying no, there so, was, so, there was none. We went to LA and Eddie was there. So that's minimal, but that's in April in comparison. But about his role with us as what it was. I think we're saying the same thing. No, I'm saying a more exaggerated. I'm saying that you put it here and I'm saying that actually to your point, it was worse than that. It wasn't even that it was like minimal, it was that it was actually a complete switch. And that's where a big problem actually occurred. Yeah, I feel Because if the other guys were involved, even if they were even sat in the meetings, do you get what I'm saying? I actually think our situation would have been way better than, than ultimately it was. Because don't forget the first time that we did a session, we did it with Eddie. Yeah, but he was just there as a writer. No, I, f- I feel you. So it's not what we would have wanted, but in any stretch of the imagination, but throughout the process at very minuscule points even when we were trying to do the song at the end of the show we had them there but realistically if you work with a music team every single week day in day out bro give us that team to help make the career because that's what made that's what blew up the picture anyway not necessarily made the picture but it blew it up so yeah we've reached the end of part one of the podcast but part two is ready for you to download right now So go and grab it from wherever you download your podcast. Go and grab it. Anyway, wherever you... I love that voice. (laughs) So go and grab it. Anywhere, wherever you download your podcasts. Sick.